Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Hello and welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast. My name is Topher Morrison. I'm sitting in for Dan as he is in Barbados drinking some margaritas. Nope, I'm sorry. I'm being told that's what my production engineer wants to do, uh, and he's vicariously living through him. Apparently, Dan is actually just getting ready for the Ultimate Entrepreneur Program coming up June 22nd and 23rd in Warwick. Tickets still available. If you'd like to rub elbows with some incredible entrepreneurs who have done amazing work in their business over this past year and actually have an opportunity to dissect your business, find out what's working, find out what's not, so you can improve upon it and crush it in the coming year, this would be a great place for you to come. Uh, if you're COVID conscious, we also provide for you the opportunity to sign in virtually through Zoom. You can be there without being there. But one of the reasons why I'm on the show here today is because I get the distinct privilege of interviewing nine finalists for a competition which will be presenting the winner at that mastermind program. Uh, and I have one of those guests here today. So we're going to be finding a little bit about his business and what he's done to earn the spot uh, in one of the top nine finalist positions, where he's going to be competing for a cash prize of 10,000 pounds and the bragging rights to be the ultimate entrepreneur for 2021 with the Dan Bradbury Mastermind Group. So without further ado, because you don't want to hear me talk, you probably want to hear this guy's story. We're going to bring in Alexis Kingsbury from Spider Gap. Spider Gap. It's an interesting name, and I'm sure there's a very cool story behind that as well. So let's find out. Alexis, my friend, thank you so much for being on the program. We appreciate you being a guest for the Dan Bradbury podcast. And congratulations on being one of the finalists for The Ultimate Entrepreneur. Are you excited? Uh, yes. Yeah. No, thank, thank you for having me. And yeah, no, I'm incredibly excited. I think it's uh, a great honor to even be nominated and um, yeah, uh, an absolute treat to get to uh, talk to a load of other entrepreneurs about the experience and see if any of that might be useful to uh, to them and uh, learn myself from a load sure. of other uh, entrepreneurs too. Yeah, every time you go to one of these mastermind programs, you walk away with just like, your head filled with so many cool ideas. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great honor to have you there. Uh, are you going to be there in person or are you going to be virtual? Uh, no, I'll be there in person. So really Sweet. looking forward to that. All right. Well, uh, hopefully I will be too, knock on wood, provided I go through the quarantine and I don't have COVID. So otherwise, if I am, maybe I'll be stuck in the hotel and I'll be emceeing from that place. But I'm, I'm banking on the fact I'm vaccinated. I should be good to go. Uh, Alexis, your company name is just weird. Spider Gap. And I, by the way, love weird. So I'm not insulting you. I'm complimenting you. But I got to know a little bit more about that. I'm a pitch guy. I love interesting pitches. I love to hear how people sell their product. I already know what Spider Gap is because I've done my research and I was very impressed at your website, by the way. And I'm going to tell you how impressed I was in a minute. Before I do that, though, for the people that are watching the show or listening to the podcast, what is Spider Gap? What do you do? Sure. So, um, and perhaps I'll start with uh, answering your question around why are we called Spider Gap? And that's because when we first started uh, Spider Gap as a software business, mm-hmm. um, we set out to create a, a tool that would allow you to identify the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. And back when we created it, we thought this had 
limitless applications. It could be used to identify uh, whether your product uh, is where it needs to be and what the gap is and where you need to prioritize or your service or, or your business versus strategy or team performance or individuals and so on. And so uh, a big part of uh, the tool was uh, collecting per- um, uh, perception data, people's feedback on how good they think things are and uh, where they okay. need to be, and then providing that in this nice sort of spider chart, this radar chart that, uh, yeah. uh, and you know, hence spider gap. It's a spider chart, uh, spider chart with the gap. Yeah. But what we found is that actually, um, where we were most useful and what we pivoted to was to support individuals in identifying where their top areas for improvement are, based on. Where are they? Where are they now? And where do they need to be? Sure, yeah. And so, uh, so as a result, we pivoted and became a three hundred and sixty degree feedback tool, which is uh, where you collect the feedback from the manager, the individual, yes, yes. their peers, and direct reports. Hence, three hundred and sixty all around. Yes, um, to help her then provide a report with that, that feedback, so that the person can then uh, review that, perhaps with their line manager or a coach, and identify, okay, where are the areas that I'm strong that I can build on? Where are the areas that I most need to improve? And what action am I going to take to do that? Yeah. Um, hilariously, uh, we uh, went through a, a big iterative, uh, iteration, iterative process uh, with uh, customers and potential customers and so on uh, to design to redesign the tool for, for that particular purpose. Right. Uh, and actually found that the spider chart that had been the center of the product from the beginning actually um, was some people loved it but some people found it confusing and so in the interest of responding to feedback yeah. uh, <laughs> which we believe heavily in we dropped it um, and so uh, but it kept the name uh, people listen, like it, it. So. it it's got a cool story it's unique and it's different right like if you would have just been called 360 software or something it would have just been predictable and like everybody else so I think that there's still there's a really cool DNA inside that name by the way I, I, I want to let you know uh, I sent you a referral yesterday. Uh, oh, yeah, one of, my, one of my clients in my mastermind program was interested in some 360-degree feedback. I told him, I said, let me do some research for you. And about a month and a half ago, I was out there searching for 360-degree feedback. I didn't find yours, though, unfortunately. But all of Whoa. them that I found, all of them that I found, they're like five grand a month, you know, and this guy's got 14 employees. He, you know, he wants the feedback, but not at five grand a month, right? You know, and so clearly I was searching for the wrong terms or whatever. And then when I started doing my research as you were going to be a guest on the show, I looked up and I'm like, oh my God, first off, the prices are amazing. The services are great. This is exactly what he wants. So uh, you just got some business today, my friend. I sent the referral out yesterday and he loves it. So well done. Fantastic. Well, thank you. And uh, I'll be grilling you heavily uh, when we meet next on uh, exactly what, how you were looking for a tool and why it didn't come up. Right, exactly. Could make, make, I don't know what I did, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll go through my search yesterday and see if I can find out for it. But uh, anyway, like, Alexis, let's talk about this. So your business, um, it's, an, it's an online software that supports entrepreneurs in being able to better assess the performance of their employees. So it's a great service. It's not entirely innovative or or unique. It's a good, strong service that people need. So you've got the challenge of being different than all of the other online support software services that are out there, um, or being better, or being first, or being the most noticeable, right? There's different ways you can position yourself. But I'm assuming you were doing pretty good pre-COVID, right? Um, How long have you been in Dan's mastermind program? Let's start with that. Quite a while. I think possibly six years. I've been in for six years. I know a couple things. A, it's working, right? Uh, B, you're doing pretty good. So what kind of revenue were you producing 
prior to COVID hitting, what were you guys doing in terms of numbers? Uh, so prior, prior to COVID, we're growing consistently sort of around the kind of 40% year on year. Yeah. Um, and as a result, uh, we're kind of uh, starting to get around the, uh, the, the mark where we'd be expected in the... In 2020, if it weren't for COVID, we'd have been uh, exceeding a million uh, in pounds. Uh, and so um, we were kind of uh, annually. Yep. Um, and so feeling like, you know, we're, we're, we're on a, a good track and have yeah. been growing well and growing the team. Uh, we just added uh, two new members to the team. Uh, so we were a team of uh, nine by that point. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so good growth numbers, been great. Million dollar um, revenue business, by the way. Good staff. That's a great ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, it, it, things, things have been going well, been growing really well, and we're looking forward to another year of growth. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, as you say, it's um, as a market, there's a lot of 360 feedback tools uh, out there. Um, the way that we differentiate is, uh, well, well we, we have for a while now aimed to be, and um, in, uh, in many, on many review sites and so on, uh, are rated as the best out there in terms of top rated and, and so on uh, for the service provided and uh, uh, the value that the tool provides and so on, um, but also how easy to understand the report is and uh, uh, how focused we are on people taking action. But, you know, in a, in a situation like when COVID hits, um, we suddenly saw uh, a load of companies who were in the processes of, uh, in the process of, of, of buying uh, the tool or, or uh, about to renew for another year and yeah. so on, suddenly go, whoa, you know, uh, COVID, this, uh, this COVID's happened and now uh, we're having to change a load of uh, what we're doing uh, with employees, making moving them to remote, mm-hmm. furloughing them, considering redundancies. We don't know what's going to happen to the market, so we're worried about budget cuts and all that kind of stuff. And so you had a lot of people just pausing you know it wasn't it, people were really clear with us it wasn't you know it wasn't like oh well we don't we don't think well this is going to be relevant in future it was just hold on yeah yeah and, and how long will you have to hold right so i'm assuming you probably exactly no, no indication yeah. and no, you know it could, right. could, could have been could have been a month could have been a year could have been five years well, we were, <laughs> you, were, you mean, just don't know i think we were all kind of thinking oh this will pass over in a month or two right um, I, I know I was like, I, I, and then all of a sudden that month into it, I'm like, oh, this might be longer than a month or two. Oh, wow. This could be more than six months. And it just started getting more and more real. So I'm, I'm assuming that there was a lot of dissecting of your cash flow forecast, making sure that you had enough in your runway to be able to stay alive. It sounds like you also, cause you said you sent some people home. So you have a brick and mortar office then, even though theoretically you could do the whole thing virtually. No, so so we uh, work entirely as distributor remote remote team and have done since the beginning. Okay. But I was saying that uh, our clients were uh, suddenly they switched were suddenly to remote, which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, which by the way, and why that they for three hundred sixty degree feedback, it kind of helps if you're working around other people as well. So I could totally see. Did you so you saw business drop then? What kind of drops did you see initially when COVID hit? Yeah, so I, I remember uh, having a strategy meeting with my co-founder at the end of February um, and saying to him, I, you know, with my kind of CFO hat on, uh, as uh, as often uh, coached by Dan Bradbury on, you know, being strategic and looking for the risks, you know, what's going to be the side swipe? I came to him saying, okay, we're, we're now going to do this planning session, but I think COVID's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, and at the time, he was saying, really, you know, really? And like, what percentage chance and so on? 
Um, and so I was kind of saying, yeah, 60, 70% chance I think this is going to side swipe the whole year. Um, but we weren't able to, you know, confirm that. And so I'd, I'd essentially come up with, here's what it looks like if we drop 25%, 50%, 75%. the actions I think we should take. And then, hilariously, spent the next three days planning on the basis of, okay, what if it doesn't happen? Right. <laughs> um, and about a week and a half later, or about yeah, about a week later, the financial market started to respond yeah. uh, to uh, to seeing it. And then about a week or two later, uh, the government started to respond, and uh, and companies are responding right around then as well. Um, so, I mean, back then, I I kind of had a view that it could. Yeah, it, it could take a really, really long time. Yeah. You know, my my background has always been a bit of a, a mathsy one, and so when I was looking at a, um, uh, you know, the the trends and so on, I was like, that, like the action being taken is not going to be sufficient. Right. And we're gonna we're uh, gonna do this so this a you, while. What did you do? Did you guys have to pivot, change your messaging? How did you find yourself being able to stay alive then? Right, because it's it's so easy to sit there and go, "There's nothing we can do." Well, there's always something, right? So, what was that something that you did? To pivot to continue to grow the company. Yeah, so one of the one of the first things that we did um, was uh, use a principle that uh, I think um, comes from the Manager Tools podcast, um, which is a concept called race don't chase, um, which is to uh, rather than wait till the revenue drops and then try and reduce your costs, and then the revenue drops further, and then you have to reduce your costs for, further, and and you're always behind it, yeah. which means that when it does then recover, you kind of you know, you're short on cash because you've, yeah, yeah. you've already lost the money. Yeah. Um, instead, we used race, don't chase. So uh, I remember, I think it was like 2nd of March, we came to the team and said, we think this is going to, we think this could be a problem. Um, and as a result, here's our plan mm-hmm. uh, for, for doing that. And that involved, um, you know, reducing uh, the amount we ourselves uh, were paid as their managers. Mm-hmm. It involved uh, various other sort of cuts and so on, on the basis that, if it comes to nothing, then okay, fine. Then there'll be cash in the in the account, and we can <laughs> we, and we can redistribute it and uh, and adjust. Okay, um, so, but that so, if, so you if had it a, did come to something. So you had a series of if then responses, right? If it goes to this, then we do this. If it goes to this, then we do this. Great task management and project management aspects. But what did you do? Because it, it like that still doesn't solve it. That still doesn't turn the ship around. That just keeps it from 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 sinking. What did you do to then grow the business so you didn't have to go to those worst case scenarios? Or did you have to go to the worst case scenarios? And are you suffering? I doubt it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a finalist in the competition. But let's see how. Well, it goes. Uh, no, we we got, we got hit. Um, we our revenue dropped fifty percent uh, yeah. within the next th- over the next three months. Mm. Um, so no, we we got we got properly hit by the <laughs> by the delays and so on. And so so those measures were absolutely crucial. Critical. And yeah. um, but the key for us about uh, how you know, as you say, like how, how do you then grow out of that yeah. was making sure that we had set up the team and communicated with the team, been transparent and so on, so that we'd be able to bounce, bounce back out the, out the other side. Because our suspicion was that it was that this was a problem of delay. Mm-hmm. This was a problem of it's not like a huge market shift where suddenly we're not relevant as a service. Right. Quite the opposite. And you know, many people feel like actually 360 degree feedback is even more important because it's even more important to develop your staff mm-hmm. and engage with them and nurture that and use online tools to, to kind of support them. And so um it but the problem was one of 
people are going to hold and wait and wait. And so to some extent, it's about how do you make sure that you keep the business not just alive, mm -hmm. but uh, ready to really come back with, with vengeance. And so that's about making sure that you're not losing key skills and capabilities from the team, um, making sure that you're uh, well capitalized so that you're going to be able to pump that money into marketing and actually still you know, doing all the analysis and doing the marketing, even when it's tough, mm -hmm. so that you're not losing your positioning against competitors. Did you have to restructure your pricing? Did you give incentives for current clients to continue on at a reduced rate? What did you do in terms of the strategy? Or was it just a matter of, let's just hold on, let's get through, because it's not about loss, it's about delay, let's just survive the delay? Um, so there's certainly an element of the let's just get through and survive the delay and and so on. And that and that, that would be fair. Uh, and, and in fact, that would have been a strategy that would have been uh, appropriate given given the scenario, but we couldn't we couldn't know how long it would last yeah, and whether well. it would get worse. Yeah. So uh, we did do a variety of things. We didn't do uh, price cuts and discounting because I think that would have exacerbated the problem because yeah. the problem was one of delaying. People yeah. weren't people weren't delaying because of the cost. They were delaying because. Um, they, you know, were busy with other things. They were moving to remote. They felt that staff were, you know, might be overwhelmed or whatever. And so it wasn't that, oh, you know, but do it now because then you get twenty percent off. It was uh, so. I think that that if anything could have reduced our revenue. Um, so, okay, but I'm going to jump in. Uh, but what we did this is, this is important. Yeah. This is really important because when people are listening to this podcast or they're watching the show, what 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 you just said without saying it verbally was this. A, a lesser company that doesn't have the financial literacy to understand the appropriate if-then responses with regard to their cash flow forecasting would have stupidly run out of money a long time ago because they wouldn't have taken the appropriate measures necessary to be able to hold on, and they would have been lowering their revenues, probably not gotten any additional sales, but they would have just cut out some of their, their revenue from that. So it's really important that people get this, that your whole business model worked because you were so intelligent about your financial literacy for the past six years, right? It's like, you know, yeah. you know, they say, you know, you train all your life for those kind of events. And, and in many respects, had you not had that, you may not have known just how good or how dire it could have been. And by doing that, it enabled you to go, we're not going to get desperate. We're not going to just start randomly doing things in hopes of bringing in revenue without realizing that if we bring in revenue, but we can keep our costs high, we're going to lose money anyway. So really impressive, dude. Very impressive. <laughs> Sorry, yes. I didn't mean to jump in on um, that one. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. And uh, I, I agree with everything you've uh, just said. So um, in addition to that, there were some things that we did. So what we, the, one of the first things, um, so once we'd worked out, how do we make sure the costs mean that we can survive for a long period and importantly, give our team confidence and, and security. You know, we want to be able to be super transparent with them, show them the cash balance, show them what our monthly costs were, what that meant based on the team size and all those sorts of things, so that they could see that they were, you know, it wasn't like they were going to suddenly have the jobs pulled pulled out from under them. We had, you know, many months of uh, of um uh, cash saved, and that's even if revenue went to zero. And they, you know, they, we were transparent. Everyone could see the revenue on a, a cumulative revenue of a daily basis, so they knew where we were, and, and and so on. So that was the first thing: is make sure that we don't 
Make sure you don't lose the business because you run out of cash. Make sure that you don't lose uh, key staff because they're so worried about job security and, uh, and so on. And then the next thing was, okay, how do we now add more value to our customers? Because right. actually, this is a time when they're really struggling. Their employees are struggling. You know, mental health, uh, we knew was going to be this ticking time bomb for people mm-hmm. where they suddenly go home. And then, you know, we know that remote working can be tough. We do a lot of things to make sure that it feels a very connected, happy workplace yes. at Spider Gap. Um, and uh, but that doesn't you, you don't achieve that overnight. Yeah. And so um, there were a variety of resources that we put together on you know how to how to make the switch to remote working, um, how to uh, make sure that you've got a good understanding of people's uh, well-being. We created a, a remote worker well-being assessment that people could right. use to um, essentially use the 360 tool and yeah. use it credits and uh, their subscriptions that they already owned, yes. but use that make use of that to help understand um, what was going on for their for their staff. Um, And so that enabled us to engage and support those customers at a time when they needed it um, and keep that relationship alive, even if right now they didn't want to talk about 360s. Dude, such a cool story though, right? Because it's like, you've got this service, you know they need it, but they're distracted. So, and and, you know, you've got to do this negotiation as the founder of your company, right? Because you've got your own personal issues that you're going through. The same stresses that your customers have, you have, right? But yet you're going, we still need to find a way to deliver that service and find things that they could benefit from and work on. Listen, uh, uh, I wish we could talk for another hour about this because it's fascinating. Let's fast forward here a little bit. So, we get through the dip of 20, uh, uh, 2020. We're back into 2021 now. Hopefully that delay has, has, has reduced. Where are you at now, revenue? Prior to COVID, you were on track for about a million in revenue. Where are you at now? Yeah, so uh, so we came right down so that, uh, you know, dropped by 50% and slowly recovered, slowly recovered. Uh, but then going into 2021, it's been strong. Um, and uh, we're now back at uh, growth above what we were going into uh, into COVID. Um, and so we're not, you know, uh, uh, we're not suddenly deciding, oh, yeah, that's that's all over. I'm sure there's going to be hiccups for us uh, along the way. Sure. Um, but we are now back to growth and we have um, the uh, financial position and the team position that allows us to to do that uh, faster. You know, we, we know that there are companies in our space that have lost key members of staff yeah. during this time because, you know, uh, for, for by not doing some things that I've just talked about, whereas we're in a position yeah. where we're now a team of 12 and and, uh, and a higher and, uh, uh, you know, revenue has re- recovered and, and gone beyond and we're, uh, and we're looking to, uh, to continue that uh, well uh, this year and beyond. Well done. Listen, uh, Alexis, it's really cool. I can't wait to learn a little bit more about your business. I can't wait to meet you on June 22nd, 23rd. By the way, for those of you watching the show or listening to the podcast, if you'd like to meet Alexis, he's going to be one of the finalists in the Ultimate Entrepreneur Competition, uh, where he's going to be competing with nine other entrepreneurs for a cash prize of 10,000 pounds and bragging rights, which is pretty cool. You got some stiff competition, my friends. So make sure your pitch is nailed and ready to go. You'll have 15 minutes to persuade the viewers uh, to vote for you. And you'll be able to actually vote for him if you want to as well. So if you want to, check it out. The information's on the screen at the bottom. But before we go, I want to do one last thing. I want to make sure we get you some business here. So let's see if we can grow up his revenue as well. You got a business. You know that you need to get some feedback. Uh, help your employees out. If you've not looked into 360-degree feedback, you absolutely need to check this stuff out. It's super cool. Uh, go to spidergap.com. Uh, spidergap.com? Yeah, spidergap.com. Uh, you can uh, also email him at support at spidergap.com as well. We'll put the information up on the screen for you to check that out. 
go look at him. I'm telling you, I was literally looking for somebody to provide this service for one of my clients about a month ago. And I finally told my client, I said, it's just not, it, it, it's cost prohibitive. It's not worth the investment. And then I found yours and I loved the service. I loved the graphs and I was blown away at the prices. You might need to raise your prices because it was, it, was, it, was, it was way too good. I think he would have paid twice that. So uh, anyway, uh, check out spidergap.com. Also, make sure you go over and check out our website to make sure you get rolled into uh, the Ultimate Entrepreneur uh, Mastermind coming up in work in June 22nd and 23rd. I'll be there. Alexis will be there. Now you need to be there. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Alexis. I appreciate you being on the show. And we will see you June 22nd, 23rd, my friend. Fantastic. Look forward to it, Topher. Cheers. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners.